0: Welcome to the Spin the Rally Pod. My goodness me, we have been in Portugal this weekend for the Rally to Portugal, and what an event it was! Now, slightly different lineup for the podcast this evening. If you can hear a little bit of background noise, well, that is because we're sitting in the departures lounge of Porto Airport. It's myself, Colin Clark, uh, joining us this evening. Joining me this evening, as always, our chief. I don't know what he is these days. I really don't. Just our chief, I think we'll call him from now on. David Evans. David, uh, good evening. Uh,
1: Colin, I've just got to say, I'll be absolutely astonished if this podcast actually works. Just let me say, just for the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, actually last half an hour, Colin has been rummaging through his bag, getting increasingly frustrated, plugging things in. It's fair to say, least, we are missing you a little bit here. Uh, but I'm fairly Colin's fairly confident he's now looking quite frustrated and quite cross again
0: I never look cross David Evans before you tell stories about me let's introduce shall we our very special guest this evening on Spin the Rally Pod those of you who are familiar with British rallying and to some degree the World Rally Championship I think it's fair to say 10 years ago and maybe the aficionados of the Jim Clark Rally will know this man very well indeed, Simon Hughes. Simon, you've been with us this weekend. Great to have you on Spin the
2: Rally Pod. Thanks, Colin. It's, uh, it's great to be here. It's uh, always nice that a, a 10-year rallying career is me- remembered by most people for one incident. But
0: no, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that was the reference to the Jim Clark. I didn't know about that until you told me this evening.
1: Yeah. You've got to be a bit more specific. It's a reference to a massive Jim Clark accident.
0: Yeah, Have a look on YouTube. Just what car was it? Uh, It was a Renault Clio. Red Renault Clio accident, Jim Clark rally. Uh, Simon, um, tell us what you've been up to. Tell us, you know, are you still involved in rallying? You're still around the rally scene, obviously. You've been here all week.
2: Yeah, I I try and stay as involved as I can. Um, Obviously, it's a bit of a balance with work life and family life and everything else. Um, But as we all know, we love it with a passion um once once you 're involved it 's hard to get out of and I have no desire to it 's good fun i 've had a nice time over here um it 's been a pleasure to see see everyone catch up um and yes see the world 's best at doing what they do
0: you 've been our fixer this weekend as well. Uh, maybe a slight exaggeration, but i, I do what I... To... I think it is, he's been our sponger. <laughs> David, you are so evil to speak. You, if you want to get up now, Simon Hughes, and walk away with a slap across his balding head, feel free to. No, 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 no. To be fair, it's, there's probably a little bit of truth in that as well. There is no truth in it whatsoever. It,
1: it's been an absolute pleasure and a, and a joy. So I remember I reported on... Yeah, I've eaten that one. We are sort of making a podcast and eating pastel donato. This is not going to help Matty, is it? Matty, uh, all right, shut up. up. I've got a bit of pastel donato around my mouth, excuse me. Matty, sorry, you're going to have to bear with us. It is quite a strange experience. Surreal experience to be sitting, looking at people buying duty-free while we're talking on podcast. I reported on Simon back in the day when his career was starting. So, Simon, I'm very sorry about that. You're not a sponger at all. I spoke to him. I interviewed him at stage
0: ends. (laughs) Yep, both, both are true. Um... Yeah, 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 no Rally, I uh, did Rally Norway a few years ago You did Portugal as well a couple of times, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we did Portugal um, Not since it's been up north We, we did it the, the years it was down in
2: the south On the Algarve, um, a tough event then um, But yeah, yeah, good It, it was great, great fun, um, obviously nothing To the level of, of the top guys, but it was An experience, yeah, it, it
0: was awesome So boys, uh, it is The Rally of Portugal podcast uh, we, we really can't start anywhere other than oh dear oh dear david what's that
1: sardines have all fallen over
0: i'm just going to keep putting the microphone in your mouth while you scoff that pastel the natsa david uh, Commentary. tell us give us give us a running commentary on the f- sardines
1: uh, she's got them restacked now it's i didn't know Matty. again bear with us i had no idea i'm gonna Matty, the guy that the Finnish guy i'm gonna take the thing and have a wander over here because i couldn't remember seeing so many different sorts of sardines we've got Green ones, we've got some in tomato sauce, we've got some in brine. Some it is, I'll take a picture and put it on our social media. I've never seen so many different colours of sardines.
0: But they're all back on the shelf now. She's done very well. And he's finished his pastel donata. Uh, yeah. Right, boys, boys, we, we are sharing one mic, folks. I'm very sorry. David was quite right. I did try to set up three mics and I failed absolutely miserably. Uh, let's talk in particular. About Simon Kalirovimpera. Uh, what can we say? You know, he, he left Croatia on a high. It was a stunning performance in Croatia, particularly that final power stage. And he came here, I think, with, with, with very little pressure on him. He started the season well, first on the road, first gravel rally. There wasn't a huge expectation of him this weekend. I had him down for a podium. None of the other experts at Dirtfish did. Um, do you think that helped him, the fact there was that very little pressure on him?
2: Yeah, I think it's fair to say there was less pressure on him. Um, you know, coming into an event like this, leading the championship as he does relatively comfortably so early on. Um, but he doesn't feel pressure anyway. He's dealt with everything as if, as if it's nothing. Um, you know, he is so capable... Um, he's so calm and relaxed. It just makes you wonder yeah,
0: what we could see from him. What can he do? That's the question, David. Uh, how much did it impress you this weekend? You can take the mic again, now that you're finished. Is it number one or number two?
1: Number one, two to go. Uh, in all, are you, words, You're kind of running out of superlatives here, aren't we, for, for Kelly Perris So early in his career, he's just doing everything right and he's doing everything to give us every indication that A, he's going to be world champion this year and B, he's going to be world champion for a very, very long time to come. A lot of years. I didn't really know how to construct that sentence. Sorry about that. But no, there is nothing at the minute this boy can't do. We talked...
0: Go on. We
1: talked talked a lot (laughs) about about this being the final question. We'd seen him win on snow. We'd seen him win on tarmac. We'd seen him win on gravel. But could he actually... Be the complete driver and could it win from the front of the field? You know, here it's always the same. Portugal, historically, Mexico, Sardinia, all of these kind of places, it's a massive ask to do it from the front. On a Friday, there's so much loose gravel around. We were out on the on the recce on Wednesday. It was terrible. It was super loose in places. Um, and he he managed it. You know, there was he was hoping for a bit more rain. There was a little bit of rain in, in the through the recce, not really enough. It dried out, it was still really loose he's done it you know he is there's nothing that that boy can't do in a rally car now
0: well there's nothing he is afraid of you know he's he's he's, he's not afraid of any surface of any rally of any driver he knows he can win every time uh, Simon you know we did look at the stages beforehand and you know they've had some big storms out here over the last few months the roads have been heavy heavily repaired do you think that maybe played into his hands a little bit in that Maybe it wasn't just the top driver, the top couple of drivers on Friday morning who were, who were inconvenienced, if you like, by the road cleaning. It was the top five or six. So in some ways, it evened things out a little bit. Is that maybe taking a little bit away from his performance?
2: Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely some things that went in his favour. Um, I don't think you can take anything away from his performance with regards to driving. Um, you know, he looked so calm. He controlled everything. He made no mistakes. He didn't put a scratch on the car. Um, but when you look at the, the weather In the build-up to this event um, it's, it's been wetter uh, than usual um, The event's been humid We had a little bit of rain Over the course of the event um, Which has meant that Historically the, the, the losses haven't been What they, they normally are um, And I think as well um, with, Without trying to sort of Take anything away from him He was fortunate um, By other people's misfortune um, you know both him and Elvin were um, I think there was four or five drivers came through stage four with punches you know so, so straight away that could have been people he was fighting with to, to get a, a decent road position for the second day
0: go ahead
1: is that, is that you know as a driver is that good fortune or is that tactics and, and having the ability to order the wherewithal and the, the capability the What's that word, when you've got the margin, the margin, in your performance that you can just move around that rock at the last minute? Yeah, I I
2: think one of the the things that Cali has is he is so confident in his ability. Um, He looks so at ease when he's driving, almost to the point where he doesn't even have to worry about his level of performance. He knows he can be the fastest, so what that gives him is... It gives him a margin of error where he doesn't have to push. He can concentrate on his lines, on his tire choice, on his stage management, on everything else because he knows
0: he can be quick. That's a point you made to me earlier on today. He doesn't have to think about his driving, so he's able to put more focus on the other things. You know, it's not just the driving that makes a great driver and then wins rallies. There's an awful lot more to it, and he can concentrate on those other areas. I guess.
2: Yeah, it's it gives him sort of a little bit more bandwidth. You know, he he. He looks so at ease, whereas there's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's drivers who look under pressure, they, they look like they're trying to wring every single half a second out of a car, whereas he looks like when he's on the stage, behind the wheel, that's, that's him at his best, that's him in his comfort zone, which, which means he has the, the capability then to, to use a little bit more of the, the brain power to concentrate on other things.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? I think Elvin led, didn't he, on Friday night. And he came through, and I think he said at the end of the final stage on Friday, you know, maybe I was a little bit lucky out there. We saw a lot of drivers picking up punctures. Friday, the second pass was ridiculously rough. We were down around Argonil. uh, And I think the conditions caught a lot of drivers out in terms of just how rough it got. We know it gets rough yet. We didn't expect it to get as rough as that. A lot of people started talking about Portugal, sorry, uh, about Turkey a couple of years ago. And the man who avoided the trouble in Turkey a couple of years ago was Elvin Evans. You know, and, and I don't. I think at times, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't give himself enough credit for that. You know, you're quite right. The two guys at the front were the two guys who avoided the trouble. Simon, you know, Elvin Evans and Callie Robin Pella I Evans avoided the trouble because he's bright. He's clever. He can do that. He can measure the risk. Uh, you know, is that a reasonable point, David? Completely. We've seen that in, of old. Elvin has that ability to. to...
1: To, to keep the car straight, keep the car clean, keep the, t- keep the air in the tyres. Uh, he definitely, he, that was his approach um, on Friday. I, I don't know, there definitely there is an element of fortune in it. We, you know, when we were walking through, when what stage was it? Stage 5. Yeah, stage 5, where, where, where low went off. We walked back down that road and it was a, fine, it was an uphill section which does tend to dig out a bit more. But uh, ruts were just unbelievable. And, and when you've got a bit of attitude, a bit of steering lock in the car, it doesn't take a lot to knock one
0: off the rim. You were quite prophetic. We'd, we'd, honestly, David and I, and read David's wonderful article on dirtfish.com... Kong, not Kong, about... Just to be clear, did you say pathetic or...? Prophetic. Right? Prophetic. And I'm just about to go on and explain why. Read the article. We literally climbed up a mountainside to get to where Sebastian Loeb uh, was stopped at the side of the road. And while we were waiting, obviously, for the stage to finish, right in front of us, there was a very, very big embedded rock on the right-hand side. A car came through, I think it was maybe the fourth or fifth last car, and took an even bigger chunk out of it, and it sent this big chunk of rock flying towards where where we were all sitting. Isabel Galmish, as soon as the car went past, went down, had a look at this embedded rock, and she's looking at it, and David's going, said to Sebastian, Sebastian, take that embedded... Could that break a car could that break a suspension what happened with the very next car yeah the steering broke he
1: absolutely clouted exactly that rock um yeah and it, it broke the steering they they were rough they were very very rough and as well you know we need to be very careful here because what is a puncture and what is a a damaged rim and b a tyre being knocked off the rim it's it's People bandy the word puncture around, and ultimately, yes, there were punctures, there were tyre issues, but these were rough, rough, rough conditions.
0: A puncture, puncture is a word that's just used whenever, whenever there's a flat tyre. And as you say, there are a, a, a myriad of reasons why why you, know, you might suffer. Uh, a deflated tyre but the ones who avoided those were the two who took the top steps off the podium let's talk a little bit then about that battle for third place simon uh, it was just great to see two of our favorites certainly two of my favorite drivers in the championship katsuta san and danny sordo Kat san is is back to where we we saw him this time last year really you know regularly fighting for podiums and putting in really strong performances uh, the fact he is back there after the troubles he suffered at the end of last year is testament to how strong a character he is. But he got himself in a fight with Danny Sordo. And what a fight we had out there today on the final day.
2: Yeah, it, it was great to see Tucker back, back to the best he's been so far. Um, and I think, yeah, hopefully he's going to get stronger. Um, you know, new co-driver seems to be working well. The, the relationship's been good. Um, he seems to have a lot of confidence back, which is important when you've been through a tough a tough time Um, and especially for someone like Taka who's quite an emotional driver um that support from um you know from Dan originally was important to him and now he seems to be building that up with with the new co-driver so it um it's great to see him back um and I think even you know Danny would admit as pleased as he was to grab third, if he was going to wish he could have left it to anyone, it would have been Taka, because he's just so deserving of it at the moment. But, uh, but, yeah, it was great to see.
0: Danny Sordo did a great job out there. By the way, David, just taka when we talk about him, do you think he's a little hard on himself? We know that the Japanese culture is very different, you know, and we do, we do know that there's a lot of respect, there's a lot of, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, um, expectation of, of, of employees Work, And he is an employee of Toyota. He was very hard on himself, after the stage, wasn't he? Is, is that something maybe he has to look at?
1: I think there's a huge, there's always been a lot of self sort of analysis, hasn't there, with, with a guy like Tacker. And you know, you look where he's come from through that, uh, through Toyota's junior program uh, with a lot of mentoring, a lot of tutoring. He, he's been somebody who's driven an event and then had it analyzed in a way that not many people have with the likes of Yuho Hannon and Mikko Herven and working closely with him. So I think he's used to it and he knows. That he well, I don't know. He feels he he could have done better. He could have made third place. You know, the, the the gap between them, which was Colin,
0: at the end of the day, at the end of the event, yeah, two and a half seconds, wasn't it? Round about that,
1: round about two and a half seconds. <laughs> he he could find that Simon. Yeah, I think I think it was just under two. David. It was somewhere in the ballpark of two, <laughs> in a region of two seconds. Um, but, you know, he'll look back now and he'll think, he'll find those two seconds
0: through... It was the check EWRC results to find out exactly what it was?
1: No, let's not bother. It, it was not a big... No, I'm not touching <coughs> that. I'm not touching that. The thing's recorded. Don't touch that. So, But it, he will find those seconds everywhere, and that's what where the frustration sits with him, that he'll know that he could have done it.
2: And it's an important lesson to learn. He'll learn from this. Okay, he's he's gutted now. You could see that at the end of the stage. You know, he was apologising to the team, um, but it's it's a lesson he'll learn. You know, that feeling of, of of being absolutely distraught. He'll not want to feel that again. He'll have to build on it on it going
0: forward. I'm sure he'll get stronger because of it. Uh, uh, David, this is great. David, put his hand up. His hand up as if I'm going to let him speak. Yeah, here you go.
1: But in in answer to your uh, to your original question, I I don't think he was too hard on himself. Sometimes, you know, we, we don't romanticise these drivers, but, you know, there are certain drivers that we're friendly with, the likes of Danny and, and, and Tacker. They are professionals. Oh, my God.
0: There's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lady stacking the shelves with what looks like lovely port. We might just have a look at that when we're finished here. No, don't you worry. Don't let us get in your way. I apologise for David.
1: Um, so, what was, what was the question? You, you, oh, God, I remembered, I remembered, so, romanticizing it, yeah, about. exactly, And but ultimately, Taka is a professional driver, you know, he's in our equivalent of Formula One, he's at, a, at such a high level now, with such massive investment from Toyota Motor Corporation, he has to deliver, there's no two ways about it, with these drivers, they have to deliver.
0: Yeah, and I think he is, my point was, he was, he was apologising for not Helping the, the, the team out the Toyota team out he did he did Okay, sort got yeah, past him he out more he could have helped him out a little bit more, but he took points off the second Hyundai point scoring driver and he took points off all of the fords the M you just need to explain that because
1: obviously there were two toyotas ahead of him, but he runs in a separate Toyota team, the next generation team, so which is a really good idea, and we saw it a lot of we 've seen it down through the years over the last ten years that manufacturers. Volkswagen ran their second team with Mickelson. It's teams do that because then, obviously, not only could they potentially take, um, th- take third-place points instead of fourth-place points. I,
0: I kind of tired talk- of <laughs> Anyway, he does score manufacturer points and he scores points ahead of other teams. <laughs> it's as simple as that, right, Simon? Yep, true. You're sitting listening to us and you're scratching your head going, what are they talking about? I, if, if he finishes ahead of the Hyundai's, he finishes ahead of the Hyundai's, you know. That- they score a point. He scores points, they score less points. Yep, exactly. I Simpl- might be overthinking this one now. I think so. Anyway, my point was he, he did contribute, I think, and Takasan had a great weekend, yes. as did Danny Sordo. But here's the big question, boys. Sordo, third. Nouveau, fifth. Tanak, behind them. Good weekend, bad week. Good week, bad week for Hyundai. Simon, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it's a bad week, obviously. You know, they're going to... They,
2: they're, they're wanting to fight at the, at, the, at the sharp end. That's why they're here. Um, and unless they, they had podiums or are fighting for a win, it's, it's a bad day in the office. Um, always. I think they will always look for the positives. I think there are some. Um, I think Thierry, you know, he, he works so hard for everything at the moment. Um, and he, he was telling us that if it wasn't for issues, some of which outside of his control, he could have been somewhere near the podium. Um, but yeah, they've got a real big fight on their hands to 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 push the car forward. Everyone is so short on development time; um, you struggle to see how they're going to make big steps.
0: They are a long way, long way behind the game, David. You're going to tell me something you've been checking.
1: Just to be clear and to be professional, Takamoto Katsuta finished 2.1 seconds behind Danny Sordo. And what was the other thing you just you
0: just uh, finished where? Well.
1: Deeply vague about uh, Ohtani was sixth, uh, and he was. Uh, just behind Thierry Neuville's teammate.
0: Just to... deeply vague. I love that deeply vague.
1: <laughs>
0: I, one
1: thing I think we've got to say here is, I just, I just <laughs> snatched the mic a little bit then, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> um, it, it, there is no two ways around this. About this, it's been. It's not a disaster. It's not a Monte Carlo-style disaster, but this was a shocking outing for Hyundai. We, we talked about, uh, about Sordo, we talked to Sordo. He drove, he put in a, a, a Herculean effort to get that power stage result, to put that time in there. Okay, he knew the stage, blah, 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 all of that. But still, he did what you're not really used to seeing Danny Sordo do on a Sunday. Um, but he had to, had to kind of drive outside of himself to do it, didn't he? It was, it was quite remarkable. And talking to him after the event, I, I said, you know, what What about the car? He had pretty much no preconceptions coming into it because he'd not tested it, he hadn't done any of the develop, much of the development work last year. And I kind of expected him to say, yeah, it's not too bad, you know, because he'd finished third and he'd had this tremendous fight and found this exceptional speed today. But it was still quite negative. You know, there are still issues, real issues, genuine issues with this car. Oik Tanek at the moment is struggling to drive the car, it's really struggling, there's no confidence in it. Put your hand down Colin, you're not going to talk a bit. and Thierry Neville uh, is, is a driver who is just putting everything on the line. You know, at numerous occasions through this weekend, just like in Croatia, he looked like he could have an enormous accident. You know, he is putting everything on the line to, to do what he's doing and Something has to change. Nothing will change in time for Sardinia. It can't. OK, there's bits that they will have learned. Small setups, set-up things, small settings. But we're talking, you know, milliseconds. Oh,
0: right, he's put his hand up again. Am I holding this You are holding it now. You're in charge of the mic. I, I just get the feeling, David, that they're too far behind. I think they're too far behind. You know, you speak to Oi, and we did at the end of the rally, I asked him, well, what needs to change? Everything. Speak to Thierry Neuville and I put the same question to Thierry. He said, I'm sure Oit told you. I said, well, not really, because Ike doesn't tell us too much. And I said, Oik said everything needs to change and he just nodded his head. I mean, how can you change everything? They don't have enough time this year. They don't have enough homologation. Do they still have such a thing as a joker? I don't even know.
1: There are jokers to come and July, there will be a fairly significant overhaul of the car. They will work uh, a lot to get the, the, the jokers in place across the, the chassis. Every kind of, there's a lot of work on, on, on the chassis, on Aero, across the car. Like they've all said, you know, there is a huge amount of work to do with that car. But the trouble is, you know, it's this age old thing that M Sport and Toyota aren't sat there just sitting, sitting still. They're developing and moving forward. Even Simon's sort of putting his hand up now.
2: Right, you can have control, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it is hard for Hyundai and it will be difficult for them to, to catch up. But, You've got to remember, Thierry's second in the championship still. He might not be having the best of rallies, but he's, he's getting points. Um, and the last stage of this rally, on the, on the power stage, all three Hyundais were about three seconds off fastest time. EWRC. <laughs> so, yeah, it, 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 is, it is hard work. It is a long way to go. However, they are definitely getting, or Thierry is, is definitely getting the most out of what he's got.
0: And he's right. Look at that, Col. I was going to say he listens. He, I've, what I've discovered this weekend about our fixer is he does listen and he does remember things that maybe you and I are a little bit hazy about.
1: Uh, no, totally. That's remarkable. We, I think we just see what we want to see, Col. We need to take a lesson from Simon here. That's exactly right. Danny Sordo second, and Tanak and Neville joint third. Amazing, remarkable. Yeah, it's, but that's a.
0: It flatters to deceive. It flatters to it really does. Um, you know, they were both not happy at the end of the rally. They, they really want. What's happening now? We
1: might have a bit of an issue. <laughs> the, the lovely coffee shop that we're in, they're actually closing. Uh, the uh, Yeah. What, what do we do,
0: Cole? We, we keep talking. We're all right. Yeah, we'll Simon Hughes says we're okay. I think we're okay. You're the fixer, so go and fix Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Paul Nagel's also in here with us, so he's not going to get locked in. He absolutely isn't. Uh, yeah, listen, lots of work to do there. Um, we, 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 you know, we do have lots of friends at Hyundai, and we do want to see them doing well. Uh, and we never like to be too hard, but we have to be honest. We have to be honest, uh, and honesty tells us that that car is still a long way behind. A long, long way behind.
1: Everybody wants Hyundai to do well. We, we all know, we all need a strong championship.
0: To have a strong championship, we... Hang on, let's answer the lady. Are we okay for another ten minutes? five minutes yeah. Sure. yeah. No, she's absolutely fine that 10.30 10, 10.30 apparently 10.30 that could be it's Paul Nagel let's grab a quick word with Paul Nagel Paul Nagel come and just have a quick word I, 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 a Red Bull athlete you're wearing that lovely new Red Bull t-shirt do you like it? I do like it but you know me What's <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the
1: red wine you just
0: had? <laughs> <laughs> not supposed to talk about it. Paul uh, tell me about the weekend that you guys had out there uh, maybe not the result you were looking for but progress mate uh, definitely not the result we wanted this weekend. Um, we've showed
3: some great potential a weekend, some good t- a couple of good stage times, but you have to look back at the weekend as it's been a bad weekend, it's been a very disappointing weekend. We've had problems, we had punchers, but uh, yeah, it's not the weekend I think we came here for. Uh, Evie has got a question
0: for you.
1: It. It's all really important to talk about what's just happened in the weekend just past. I'll go and get you glass of red wine and your telephone. No, no, no. no.
0: Simon Hughes, have you got a Hang question a for him? Hang on
1: a sec. But tell us, Paul, you are doing something exceptional uh, at the event next weekend. Tell us what's happening with your auction.
3: Oh, that's right. Yeah, next weekend um, we've a uh, Deja Vu um, down home in Killarney. It's a big charity event um, every year. Plum Tindal, um, are... or Daddy Tindal's dad. That? That's right. Yeah, he's doing a big uh, run for uh, 160 classic cars, and all the proceeds are going to charity and uh, so there's a hundred yeah I said 160 cars who likes Chris Meek is coming in the Ford Orion his dad's Orion and Barry's brother's going to Corsa Craig's going into Sierra and there's endless more they're all the top shots but I decided last year I had one of my helmets from Hyundai and you know we're very fortunate to do what we do and to travel the world and and live the dream we always grew up as young lads so maybe time to start put something back into the local community and everything, and um, the whole weekend is for um, cancer research, and, or not cancer research, cancer recovery and palliative care, and obviously every family has touched a cancer somewhere or another, and my own dad passed away a couple of years, so I got a helmet, and luckily the weekend I decided to do it. Uh, it was the 50th anniversary here of the WRC, so I have all the world champions from 2000 signed, including every driver this year. I got Robert Reid to sign the 2001 uh, world title with Richard Burns, God rest his soul, and I also got Carlos Saints, Yari Matty, Malcolm Wilson, Marco Martin and I'll get Chris Meek during the week. So I've all signed a brand new helmet with all their door numbers and I've it all uh, laminated with their signatures and their names beside and everything for next week and go to auction and hopefully make a lot of money for a very good cause.
0: So how can our listeners? How can they find out about these auction items? Is there an online portal that they can maybe bid on if they're interested? I haven't figured
3: that out yet. I it's going to it's on next Saturday night. I don't know how it's going to work online or what they want to do. Um, but there'll be a lot of people at the functions a big dinner and everything so we have to put it together during the week I didn't expect to get so many signatures and get all this together and, uh, like when I said it to Plum a couple of weeks ago I do this I said I can't plan nothing till I have the helmet physically with all the names
0: so I have to speak to him tomorrow when I get home Remind us of the name of the event so that our listeners can at least Google that and find out Yeah it's Deja Vu um, Say that again Deja Vu Is that French? <laughs> <laughs> Deja Vu but it's, David I think it's Irish French, isn't it? Deja, Deja vu like. Deja vu. Deja vu like. I'm sorry.
3: You're vintage people, like the old people coming back. It's an old, an old. Okay, Colin.
0: But I am very vintage. You're quite right. Deja vu. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, we will find that online. We'll maybe try and tell you what we'll do. We will. We'll make a pledge to this. We'll make sure that we write something on Dirtfish this it's already,
1: week. It's already, it's already. It's already in the plan. It's already in the plan. We we reckon that that helmet should raise at least ten thousand euros.
3: I've already been offered in excess of it. At at dinner last night in M-Sport, uh, yes. Well,
1: in fact, it's Colin, when I told Cole about it, Cole said he put at least 12500 in.
0: Pennies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out bed already, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you're, you're Scottish, you never spent money in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so true, that's the problem. Listen, listen, um, I don't know if you've had a look at my Twitter feed this evening. No. Oh my goodness me, VHS rallies, who, who we've, we've talked to in the past they found some unbelievable footage of Donegal, 1982, I think it is. It is unbelievable. I had no idea about the size of the crowds back in the 80s. Yeah, it was,
3: I don't think it would run now. I think Michelle Mouton would have a big problem driving through the stage at a Melton Village. I know what the clip you're on about. I see it, the clip of it up today. Who's the guy in the escort wearing a T-shirt? you're doing donuts in front of the crowd in the road I presume, that's. I haven't seen it I presume it's Vincent Bonner, he was the local man in 1983, he was the man that won the rally that year so I presume it is uh, with the uh, elbow
0: out the window, that's it Fantastic stuff, uh, Paul listen the very best stuff. Uh, luck, it's a wonderful cause that you guys are supporting a wonderful, wonderful cause and uh, we wish you all the best, I'm sure you raise a bundle of money, come back and talk to us on Spin the Rally Pod after the auction yeah? I will of course, thank you Thanks, Paul. That's Paul Nagel. He, he is one of the nicest guys in rallying. He really is. Um, let's talk about M Sport and him, boys. No, 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 he's going. He's leaving now. No pressure now. No pressure. Uh, were you going to ask Paul a question? No, to tell
2: you the truth, he, he covered most of it. I think it's fair. You know, he, he was honest enough there. They've had a, a disappointing um, weekend. All of M Sport have really. Such a high with Loeb in Monte Carlo. Um, I think Craig and Paul. It was always going to be, take him a little bit of time. It always does with Craig to, to get up to speed fully. Um, but also stepping into the role of lead driver is something he's not done before in a new car, a new era of car. Um, but, yeah, like, like Paul said, they, they aim for the top. They, this would have been a, a tough weekend for them.
1: I, I can't. Simon's covered it absolutely perfectly there. It, it has been a very tough weekend. It was a great start. Friday morning, Sebastian leading um what can you say does i mean there are glimpses you know adrian adrian formo came to this event with a very very strict set of instructions he knew what he he was never going to set the world alight because he wasn't allowed to set the world alight so in that respect in that regard it's been it's been a good result for, for him he's rebuilt confidence from where he was in croatia he can move forward from that in in sardinia personally It is disappointing for Craig, but I think we need to remember that Craig hasn't been here since 18 or something. This is a rally which does, there is a great deal of familiarity that year on year you bring. And it is a difficult technical rally to, to compete on here. So look at all of these things. You know, you look at someone like Lube. He's made great strides. We've seen great pace from him. So, yeah, the headline act is Gus Greensmith. Awesome time through that, through stage two. Um... There are flashes, but what we need to see from m is pulling all of these things together and putting it into a result. And what they don't have, we've known from the start, they don't have strength in depth in terms of drivers. They've got Craig. Is he, Craig really should be... He will be winning a round of the world championship this, this season. Gus Greensmith, will he? No. You know, he's going to be looking top six. A podium would be a fantastic result for him. The same for Formo. So, you know, we can sit here and we can say... M Sport disappointing. Your realistics your 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 expectations have to be realistic. Not your realistics have to be expe- expected.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll take me just five minutes to work out Simon.
2: I th- I think there's one other thing that as well which it would be disappointing for M Sport um as a team when they sort of when they debrief this event. Um really, yeah, the like David said, the depth of quality of their, their drivers is not the highest they're young drivers, they're learning all the time but also mechanical issues has to be something they look at um, obviously, Ironically the, the, the most experienced driver they have he was, didn't suffer a mechanical failure, he had an accident but Craig had issues um, Gus had issues all things don't get me wrong, the, the team up in Cumbria will sort, You know, they, they can build a car as, as well as anyone but it will be disappointing for them not just from a driver lineup point of view but to have brake issues, dust in the car little things that aren't causing them big problems,
0: the car is obviously quick, um, but those little things need to be fixed Windscreen wiper issues I'll just leave it there, we've seen it many times with the M Sport car, it's something that they have to, you know, David just shaking your head happening at the worst time as well the <laughs> I made
1: that
0: no mistake of saying that once
1: yeah it, it is you're right those issues everything is built with performance in mind you look at the, the wiper motor everything is parred right down in terms of weight I think we, we've got to be careful to, as I say to maintain a, keep our expectations in check But we, and we have to Give M Sport a break because you know they are not
0: a team. Listen, uh, no, we're not. We're not. We're not coming down hard on M Sport. We're just being honest about Hyundai and, and we're being honest about M Sport as well. So
1: you've got to remember the budget thing here. You know they've yeah. built the car. They built. This is typical M Sport. They build arguably the the best car. You know Tom Fowler. I'm sure will have absolute issue with that and quite probably quite rightly. You know they the Toyota and the M Sport Ford are right there together. Chris Williams, Tom Fowler, geniuses. Christian L'Orio as well, but he's not. That's a different story. We're not going to get into that um, at all. But So we move forward. They've built the car. Now we try and develop it and run it. This is where the budget issue is going to hit them. They don't have the money that Toyota has to continually work at, at the car.
0: That's very true. The one thing I learned about M Sport this weekend is never, ever, ever underestimate Sebastian Loeb. Uh, you know, what he did in Monte Carlo was one of the greatest things we've ever seen in rallying. But it came together for him, you know, it's it's a rally he knows, um, you know, he he was in a car that arguably was the best car, and I think Tom Fowler actually said that to us after Monte Carlo. They did the analysis and the M Sport car was the best car. He did an unbelievable job. I didn't think it was possible for him. We talk about Craig Breen coming here not knowing the rally. Don't forget, Sebastian Loeb has only been north, I think, once in his career. You know, he spent most of his rally in Portugal. But he came here, I didn't think fourth on the road, that he could possibly repeat what he did in Monte Carlo. And he did. He showed it brilliantly for four stages. Um, made a mistake, but, but everyone makes mistakes occasionally.
2: I think the thing to remember with M-Sport is when it comes good, when it comes good for the team, the reliability, they get all the little issues sorted, and Craig has a
1: good day, they'll be there. They'll
0: be there. And they may well be there in Sardinia. It could well be that Sardinia is where we see uh, an M-Sport bounce back.
1: Just We've got to say as well that... Right now, Craig, Adrian Formo, Gus a little bit, they're all all just struggling for confidence, aren't they? They're all looking for that result. Whereas you look, you know, we haven't talked actually all that much about Cali, Rovenpera. That guy right now can walk on water.
0: There is nothing he can't do... Simon talked about that. Simon said that because he is so confident in his driving ability. You know, it gives him the opportunity to, to you know, put more of his brain power into other elements because he knows driving-wise he ain't going to get beaten. I think that was when I was looking at the sardines. Sorry, sorry for that side. But is that, there's that gr- great line, isn't there, in, in
1: Days of Thunder?
0: There's another one i got to think about here. Go on. There, there ain't nothing that
1: boy can't do in a race car.
0: Stop looking at And that's Kelly Cal- right he's spending too, many time, too much time with our American cousins. You really have to. Try that again.
1: You mean our employers, Colin? Yeah. Just be careful. American cousins
0: and employers.
1: Wait, was that not great?
0: It was, magic. it was magic. Go on, do it again.
1: There ain't nothing that boy can't do in a race car.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, so there we are. We, we've, we've had a good a good talk through all uh, three of our manufacturers, team boys. Anything else that we need to talk about that we need to take away. David Evans, as always. The police.
1: Actually, no. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. I've actually just grabbed the microphone again. That's, it's worrying that that's quite so subconscious that I just literally grabbed it out of your hand. No, 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 no. I'm well, the on the side of the table. <laughs> um, two things we've got to say. The police here have been absolutely fantastic. They have they've guided the cars through towns. They just literally... When you have the right access pass, which we've had, we're very fortunate to have, you'll just wave through. And just literally, we haven't stopped.
0: But I have to say, you say the police, I would would say the police will only do what the organisers ask them to do. So we've got to say it's the organisers, the marshals, the volunteers, the police, everyone around this rally here, you know,
1: w- uh, well, no, I absolutely I was a little bit grumpy with the organizers though because they didn't give us a road book. You know
0: <laughs> the organizers were brilliant. Were brilliant apart from the fact that when we got lost and no don't get lost, I just wasn't quite sure of where I was going. I couldn't refer to a road because we didn't have one.
1: We didn't have one <laughs> quite right. So uh, Organisers out there in the world, give us a roadbook. We need a roadbook. We're not very good at digital things. We did download it, but then we couldn't find it. Um,
0: <laughs> couldn't find the link to open it, and then couldn't find the password to open the link. We are old. We're, no, we're just
1: digital. Digital, that's what we are. I think that's the, that's the polite way of, of uh, referring to it. So, yes, yeah, the police, what are you pointing to your Dirtfish watch for? My, my, uh, my.
0: Yeah, uh, because our flight leaves in 15 minutes. It
1: doesn't, it's delayed by an hour and four minutes
0: wow okay will up plenty of time
1: so carry on talking so yeah the police no 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 sh- to to the gate on time well let's hope they don't because we haven't finished the podcast so the police and the organizers
0: checking his notes. It, what's yeah
1: it? yeah we we're an hour and four minutes late so carry on so so yeah the police and also what we also have to say is the is the crowds oh. just unbelievable numbers again we say this on every rally you know you we we go up to these up to the stages to the access points to to, to go into maybe watch as a spectator. You're talking about five, six, seven, eight kilometres of walking to get into a, to get to the stage and then if they want to walk further in, you know, it's remarkable commitment from this part from people in this part of the world. It's a brilliant rally. It's one of the absolute greats. It'd be even better if they gave us a road book.
0: Yeah, no, we we very much enjoyed it. Simon, have you enjoyed your week here in Portugal? Yeah, very much so. It's been
2: great. Um, you know, to see these guys competing at the level they do. Um, you know, we, we sit here and pick faults in them. Um but we really are picking at the minute things. That they're, they're world class, all of them. Um and yeah, it, it's great to see. I think one other thing which we, we didn't really touch on is or well, for me at least, not to underestimate how important this result was for Elvin. I know he, he, he finished second and maybe on pace he would be a bit disappointed. But given the start to his season, um I think a, a strong, a strong haul of points and an event where he was less than 10 seconds behind the winner. Granted, he would have liked to have be been 10 seconds in front, but there we go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you entirely. It was a really strong event for Elvin Evans. The other person that we have to thank who uh, actually left the Dartfish team earlier this weekend... Just by a couple of hours, I'd have to say. Without doing the dishes. Without doing the dishes. He made such a song and dance. If you watched our end-of-day tour review from the service park in uh, Porto, you'd have heard Mr Adamo going on about how we'd left him in the morning and he tidied up the whole kitchen and did all the dishes. I took him at his word, David, and assumed everything was in the dishwasher at least.
1: Big mistake. And Venice, he had moved a few of the dishes off the table But all he'd done is put them next to the dishwasher. And as Sandra, my wife, always reminds me, next to the dishwasher, it's not in the dishwasher, is it, Andrea?
0: No, but listen, it was a delight having Andrea Adamo with us this weekend. He is a very, very good friend of ours, and we make absolutely no apologies for that whatsoever. He's got one of the greatest brains in the rallying world, and when we can use that brain power here at Dirtfish, we'll take every single little bit of it.
1: Why would you apologise for it?
0: I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that, that I, I just wouldn't. You know, it's, you know Andrea, Andrea let's, let's be honest. Again, we're, we're having an honest podcast here. You know, Andrea Adamo, he did a brilliant job for Hyundai. Hyundai were a floundering giant when he took over. They weren't achieving an underachieving giant, turned it around, won them two championships. But you know what? He was a little bit divisive. You loved him or you hated him. I loved him from the first time I met him because he's different and he's a character. He gets things done. He's a man of his words.
1: But it was absolute redemption. You know, two, what was it, three years ago here where sebastian ogier said in the press conference and uh, about the nice mr adamo being quite ironic about him where andrea had shuffled the places shuffled people started stages told them to pull over wait pull out in front of not pull out in front of cars but just move aside to give more fresh air uh more clear air when you're in dust so we were sat on wednesday night in the, the gala for the 50th anniversary and Christian Geistorfer, Walter Royall's co-driver, stood up and told a story about his idea of how he went off the start line and immediately told Walter, who was out of the running for a win, to pull over and allow his teammate to go through uh, and enjoy an extra probably what, what was only a minute or two minutes. of. of minute and, no, and, and, and Andrea, you know, it was absolutely redemption for him. He didn't break the rules. He oh. used them.
0: The point I made, and I, and I do like this analogy, I must have mentioned it three or four times, I'm going to mention it again. The greatest generals in, uh, in history have also been the greatest military historians in history. They're great generals because they study history, they study where people have done uh, great things and made great mistakes. The greatest team bosses are also the greatest historians. They study, rally history, and that's what, that's what Adamo did. And, he, you know, there's no question. That's where this came from two or three years ago here. He knew about that clearly with Walter Roll. He's seen it done before. He thought that's how we're going to get extra points here.
1: Absolutely. Of course he did. And he is that kind of Marmite figure. I don't know if that translates, but, you know, either love him or you hate him. But for us, he's, he's, he's always been very fair. You know, and we've said this a million times. Andrea represented a manufacturer at the very top of rallying, and if you, as a journalist, couldn't bring your A game to to this event, he had no business talking to you. wasn't interested. Uh, and you know, you you and I fell foul of that on numerous occasions. How was your day, Andrea? Forget it.
0: You want to ask that? What, what a stupid question to ask him. How are you feeling after one of his drivers has crashed out from the lead? Ridiculous.
1: Totally. So it's great. It's it's always been. I always find it enjoyable because he's, he challenges you. He doesn't. You know, a conversation with him is combative and it's entertaining. Uh, and it's been a very combative and entertaining few days. And
0: I'd have to say, you know, I, David, I'm I'm not the kind of um, you. You grew up with with rally cars on your wall, and you grew up with uh, kids had all sorts of comics under their beds. You had rally books under your bed. I didn't. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't the get into under your bed. God. Biggles, Biggles. Strangely <laughs> enough, but I, you know, I didn't get into rallying until I was well into my twenties, just about my early thirties, and. I take every opportunity. The great Jerry Williams, you know, uh, used to take every opportunity to go to dinner with Jerry, um, which always got quite juicy towards the end of the night. But, but you know, because they had to- stories to tell. When you get the opportunity to sit and listen to these people who have been in this sport for so long and have seen so much, you've got to take And I learned so much this weekend just listening to you and to Andrea. We, I, I've been really
1: fortunate because this week, obviously, we were in Portugal with, with Andrea and last week, Uh, I was in Italy. We went to the the Fiat Lancia Alfa Romeo Abarth Heritage Centre. We looked back at all of these cars and just spending two or three days with Andrea in Turin. It was unbelievable. Around every corner there was another story. A lot of this content is going to come out on Dirtfish uh, across the various channels in in the coming weeks. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He's a pleasure to be around. He's an absolute master historian uh, and a great storyteller.
0: We had great fun. It was great having both Andrea and Simon Hughes with us this weekend. Uh, Simon, you are welcome back on Spin the Rally Pod any you like, my friend. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Colin. It's it's been a pleasure to, to be with the both of you. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been... Has
1: it has it really? Well, <laughs> I, I say pleasure.
2: <laughs> well, slight, slight. No, no, it has. It's been good. I uh, I appreciate it. And yeah, like I say, to, to get to see these guys performing as they do is it has been
0: has been cracking.
1: Are you talking about Colin and I there?
0: He can't be talking about anyone else, can you? So, folks, listen, that was the Rally of Portugal. It was the most entertaining rally. We don't have to wait too long. That's Paul Nagel in the background making a terrible noise. What are you watching, Paul Nagel? Nothing, no. Nothing. I think he's watching some football or something. That has been the Rally of Portugal spin at the Rally pod. Thank you once again for joining us, folks. Uh, we'll be back the next Tuesday where we will look forward to the Rally of Sardinia. We'll see you then.